food discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program, WMKB, local communities, its staff, or management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investments. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Jones-Cox. Good evening, I am Vina Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, where this week, as every week, we're putting folks just like you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. And as is the case on the last Wednesday of every month, it is open mic day here on Real Life Real Estate, which means we have no topic. We are waiting for you to call with your favorite real estate questions. Uh, or, of course, to email us at askvina at gmail.com, or you can give us a call here in the studio at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. We know a lot of our local listeners are trapped inside their own homes today, so this should be a uh, great day to pick up the phone and call and ask a management question or a financing question or buying question or... Selling question or renting question or whatever it is that's been on your mind at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. Joining me here in the studio is uh, Jim Shapiro, who's going to, as he does every few months, help us out with uh, all of your questions, especially those about rental management and rehab, because uh, Jim does do both of those things, and we you know try and rotate the guest experts here so that we can get a nice wide variety of opinions, not opinions, the correct answers is what I meant to say uh, <laughs> about your questions. Running in a, a skeleton staff here in the studio, it's just George. Poor George is, he's the engineer, he's the announcer, he's the phone answerer and the station manager, and it's just us here today. So we are looking forward to uh, hearing from you because if you don't talk george is going to take a mic and you know what's going to happen then for the following hour just bad joke after bad joke 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 or askvina at gmail.com uh if you are looking for an update in our uh quest to become more popular than bacon here it is Last week this time, Bacon had 71,000 fans. This week it has 82,000 fans. Last week this time, Real Life Real Estate had 80 fans, and today it has 124. So we, Real Life Real Estate, is up over 50% week after week, week over week, where Bacon is up a mere, what, 20%. So although we are, in fact, starting from a smaller base, we are overtaking Bacon. That's right. Overtaking Bacon. And... And it's time for you to go to realliferealestateradio.com and join us in our attempt to become more popular than the breakfast meet, which I will admit has been around a much, much longer time, but we are less fattening here. Absolutely. And more delicious. <laughs> and we answer your real estate questions and bacon doesn't. Go ahead. Go, we'll we'll t do this experiment. Go to your refrigerator right now. Open up the package of bacon and ask it how to screen tenants. And see what it says. I, I, it is you, real life real estate's better, and the only way you're going to know that is to go to realliferealestateradio.com and become a fan. Yeah, you're going to have to join Facebook to do that, but that's free and easy, so shouldn't be a problem. Oh, and you should know that we now on Real Life Real Estate have not only 124 archive shows for you to download, woohoo, but also video 
That's right. Video of a radio show. It's the most boring thing you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> but, but uh, sorry, Maddie. But it, it, it but it, 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 you know, from like last week, we had the two realtors here, and it was, you know, all videoed, and now you can see what if you if you care what I look like with a microphone in front of my face, you can see that at Real Life Real Estate Radio. And headphones. Don't and headphones. headphones. Right. Yeah, the sexy headphones. Looking sexy, Jim. Thank with those you. headphones on. And, um, oh, also, you can go there and post uh, show ideas, which is, um, you know, fun, right? Because you can go and say, like, I want to hear about this. And did I say something other than videos? Because I'm now getting instant messages from Matt saying, no, videos, videos, videos. Yeah, there are videos. Video? There are videos. I thought I said videos. You did. Shut up, Matt. Stop. <laughs> okay, so... Um, Question and answer week, and we are taking your calls at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 or via askvina at gmail.com. We're going to go to line one and talk to Ed in Cincinnati, who's not there. First call of the show. What do you know? First call of the show, and it's gone. But that's okay because we do have some uh, emails that came in via askvina.com, and... Oh, here's one for you, Jim. This is from Robert in Hudson, Ohio. Robert has been a longtime listener of Real Life Real Estate. As a matter of fact, he can pretty much be, be dependent on every question and answer week to uh, uh, ask us a question. He says, for the past week and a half, I've been trying to find a tenant for my single family home in Akron. No success yet. From your own experience, how hard is it to find a tenant during this time of year? Will my chance of success increase as we get closer to spring? I believe it is competitively priced, and the property is clean and in excellent condition. And that's from Robert in Hudson, Ohio. Well, Robert, my experience is, while things slow down a little bit uh, through the holidays, I have successfully filled several rentals in the last six to eight weeks, and there's always people looking. In fact, people looking now, or you know, especially during the Thanksgiving and Christmas season, they're really serious. If you're looking to move in December, you have a reason. Uh, and they're ready to make decisions and move faster, as you know. When people have all the time in the world to look, they're you know they're not quite as pressured to move forward. And as things go to the springtime, uh, there's probably more people looking. And people's leases expire all the time, and they're always looking for a place. It never slows down. Yeah, and I'm not sure I'd get excited about not having found a tenant in a week and a half. Yeah, that's a pretty short time frame to be. Yeah. You know. The, are you advertising? Are you getting the signs out and the advertisements, Craigslist and postlets.com and all the different free online resources as well as the... And unfortunately putting it in the paper because that's still kind of the thing that drives the phone calls even though it's... The most expensive Expensive option. and annoying, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I've always sort of had a rule, Robert, that you need to keep track of, of, of what response you're getting really, not anecdotally. It's It's really easy to think that you know you're not getting very many phone calls you're not getting very you got to kind of kind of keep track because as a general rule if you're not getting the calls it's either that you're not advertising it enough or that the advertising that you're doing is not effective like i've seen people leave the phone number out of their ad for instance i've done that personally uh leave the neighborhood out that sort of thing or third option is the rent's too high because people won't call if if they, you know, think the rent's out of whack. But if they're calling and seeing it and then not applying, it's usually the condition of the property as opposed to 
well, I mean, condition of property compared to the rent, of course, right. as opposed to something else. So the other thing is make sure you answer the phone. I cannot tell you how many people tell me, oh, I can't believe you actually answered the phone, including Sunday afternoons when I love taking phone calls. But people are calling then, and that's the only day I actually put the ad in the paper. And uh, if they call 15 people and three answer, those three are going to get the house shown. And the ones who don't get to them until Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they might have already found a place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So thank you very much for your call, Robert. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate. It's question and answer week, 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 or the numbers to call. Or you can send us an email at askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today, Jim Shapiro, and we're talking whatever you want to talk, whatever the topic is that is most on your mind about real estate today, 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. I want to thank some of the folks that have uh, joined us in our quest to become more popular than bacon Marina from Burlington, Vermont, John from Baltimore, EJ, Tom from Charleston, Mark from South Jersey, Abel from Sacramento, Charles from Orange County, Terry from Nashville, Greg from Cincinnati, and Jen from Cincinnati, all new fans of Real Life Real Estate via realliferealestateradio.com, all there downloading some of those excellent archived programs from years past and hopefully making programming suggestions because I was doing the math on this and George you're not going to believe this we've been on the air for 12 years in April I know no way 12 years swear to you that's incredible yeah. I mean it, it, I know it's been around for a while but I didn't expect that yeah you know remember it started like half an hour every other week yep, yep. <laughs> and, and and just it's you know taken on a life of its own and <laughs> soon we doing be it since more. you were 17 yeah, that's right. Since I was 17 years you old, you are going to smoke bacon. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> oh, no. Did you hear what you said? <laughs> Help me, God. All right. So, uh, questions at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. Or you can send us an email by going to askvina.com or sending us an email to askvina at gmail.com. Uh, William from Cincinnati. Wow. William has a whole bunch of CEO, CPA, MBA. Wow, this guy's got a lot of education. He says, what is the most efficient, cost-effective way to have repairs, maintenance, and rehab done for new investors who do not have an established crew who work for them? Uh, And then he goes on to ask about uh, RIA having contacts with contractors, which we'll address as a separate issue since we've got listeners all over the country who, like, don't come to Cincinnati, RIA. Not that they shouldn't fly in from Seattle every week to do that. But for some folks, it's impossible. So first question, Jim, is what do you do when you don't have that hourly crew because you're a new investor? How do you build that team? Most of us don't have our own crew. You have to get pretty big and have a lot of properties before you're keeping crews busy. They're going to work for you. Uh, I think there's a, there's a cat, there's about six or seven contractors you need to have access to. I'll give you the list real quick, and then I'll talk about how I find them. Uh, you need a general purpose contractor who can do your basic carpentry, paint, patch, fix it stuff, hang a door, run of the mill electric and plumbing. Uh, and then you need, for more complex, you need an electrician and a plumber, a roofer. Uh, and if you're rehabbing houses, you need a source for windows and carpet. But those are kind of the basics. If you've got an electrician, a plumber, a roofer, 
and a general purpose contractor who can do a lot of stuff, including some electrician, plumbing, and roofing, you could probably, you know, get a lot of work done and get a lot of things taken care of. And if you keep using the same people, I look at that as long-term relationships. I'm not looking for the cheapest guy. I'm looking for the one that can do the job well at a reasonable price. I don't have to fix it again six weeks later because they did a poor job. And uh, when I call them on a Saturday, on a rainy Saturday, and say there's a roof leak in a house, they're not going to say to me, "Oh, it's Saturday afternoon." They're going to say, "Okay," and they're going to go over and fix it. And if you keep using them for on and on, they'll do that stuff for you. Actually, my roofer—that's how I first met him four and a half years ago, and I've been using him ever since. And he's a quality guy. When I look for these guys, I look first. I look in our RIA vendor list. Uh, and I know most of our RIA vendors. And then I look at uh, referrals from other investors. I'm in some Yahoo groups and other online groups where I ask people, do you know anyone that could do something that can this or that? And then I go to the yellow pages, and I look for the little ad <laughs> that looks like uh, it's got a name, probably a business name, but it might be the family name, and they're local. You know, I don't want the guys that are paying for the quarter page or the full page ads because they're going to have a lot of expensive overhead. I want the little little guy who's operating out of his house, and who, but who I find has been doing it for 15 or 20 years, knows what he's doing. And I usually find them in the small yellow page ads. That's where I found that roofer that day because the other roofer wasn't available. And I've kept this guy now for almost five years, which is a long time to keep a contractor. Some other sort of random tips uh, about that. Um, generally, it doesn't turn out to be a really good idea to hire the guy who calls you from your rental ad or your I buy houses ad. Um, we get that quite a bit where we're running out of the paper that says I buy houses and contractor calls and says, oh, I can do everything. Yeah, if you buy houses, you must need them fixed. And I haven't had a lot of real good experiences hiring that guy, although it yeah. seems like that would be the guy. I get a couple of those calls a week, and I keep their names. And some of them have, they tell me they've got a crew and workman's comp and insurance, and they've been doing it for 20 years. Others tell me they're starting out, and those aren't the ones I'm really excited about. The ones who said they've been doing it for a long time, you know, and often I'll ask them for references. And now I like to ask them, do they use email? Because I'd like to be able to communicate using you know, modern technology like email and text messages with my contractors. And uh, some of them, you know, ask me what it is, and other ones say, yeah, sure. And they're willing to give me all this info and email me references. And some I end up using, and, you know, I couldn't use everyone that called. I don't have enough houses to keep that many. I get those calls come in all the time. Mm -hmm. And, of course, also uh, any rehabber who's been around for a while knows this, uh, even your good contractors often will self-destruct. Oh, yeah, usually a cycle of two or three houses or five houses or a year or two, and then something happens and they disappear or they do a terrible job or their, their crew steals them blind or something goes wrong. Well, I've got, one, I've got a few people now I've used for several years, and it's kind of unusual. Mm -hmm. um, and we found some of our best people really from um, uh, simply having the companies that are providing the materials also do the installing. Uh, our window guy is like that. Right. So he's been using the same guy for probably 10 or 12 years. Um, the, the carpet folks, uh, for, for a long time, they would switch around, but it would always be call the carpet company. They would send a crew to install it and always got done right because they didn't want to get fired by the carpet company. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's, that's another way to, 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 to try and do that. But, uh, I mean, part, part of the question was about doing it cost efficiently. 
and cost efficient is good, but um, Jim has been wrestling with me successfully now for four or five years about not hiring the cheapest person, <laughs> um, which is which is usually it's your first, it's your first um, um, idea is get bids and hire the guy who's lowest, and sometimes that works, but. Uh, many times he's cheapest for a reason, like he can't keep another job kind of thing. Or he can't really do it for the job price he bid it at, and he's going to come back and nickel and dime you for add-ons and add-ons and add-ons and add-ons because he's got no slack in his bid. He can't really afford to do the job at that price. Let me add another comment on this. I've become a fan of certain specialists. Uh, when I'm going to do some jobs that are supposed to last a really long time, like a roof or concrete or foundation, or basement waterproofing. I don't let the general purpose guy who says, oh, I can do that, you know, and he did one roof last year. I want the guy that does roofs week after week after week because he's going to flash them right, he's going to know how to replace, you know, whatever it needs. He's going to do the job right. And <laughs> this is why we should be on video, right? <laughs> <laughs> don't flash, Ravina. <laughs> and the same thing with the... Uh, Foundation people, I want them to be, this is what they do, and they're willing to guarantee it, and they're going to be around in five years if that job has a problem, and I don't turn those jobs over to the uh, the, the, the handyman, general purpose guy who says he can do it, but he hasn't done it in three years, and he's mm -hmm. not current with the technology and the products. Mm-hmm. So. Very true. Um, you listen to Real Life Real Estate, and that phone sound is Jim forgetting to turn his phone off when he's on the radio. 772-9658 or the numbers to call if you have questions for us of, on any topic. Yeah, just because there's no one here in the studio doesn't mean we get to like go insane and start flashing people or telling them not to flash us or whatever the case may be. Um, got a question here from Stuart about FHA properties. He says, I was looking at a property pre-foreclosure. The bank wouldn't even twitch. I assume that means on a short sale. FHA ended up with it after the sheriff's sale. It's been empty and off the market for almost a year. When can I hope it might come on the market? I'll tell you what, Stuart, that is an excellent question. I don't think even FHA could answer that question for you. Um, I've seen properties it, go through this cycle that you're talking about and then stay off the market for as much as... There was one that uh, I've, I tracked for six years and it never did go on the market. It was the, the, the explanation that I got was that the, it had some almost incurable title problem and FHA just couldn't get it up on the market. And the um, typical cycle of these REO properties is about a year. So... Uh, I, I, w I wouldn't be surprised to see it come up pretty soon, but I I'm starting to read things about how some of the big, 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 big uh, banks who, of course, FHA is not a bank, but some of these big uh, holders of REO properties are in the next few months getting ready to dump tons of properties on the market that they've been holding off for various bureaucratic reasons and so on, and that uh, particularly Fannie and Freddie are going to be putting a huge number of properties on the market in the next few months and uh, FHA may go along with them. So just, you know, keep tracking it. It'll go up on, on the, on FHA's website and uh, of course the sign will go in the yard and so on, but you should be getting to the end of a, of a normal cycle, assuming that there's not some sort of a, 
I don't know, problem with the property. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. It's question and answer week, which means there is no topic except the one you want to talk about, 772-9658 or 877-772-9658, or send us an email. On that last note, can I interject something here? Can I get the email address first, John? Oh, I'm sorry. Go or right ahead. Or is this ahead. your show? Well, I mean, we can... you know, I'm the guest. <sighs> Interrupt, interrupt your guest. You let somebody on five times and they're like, oh, my show now. <laughs> Askvina at gmail.com. Now, go ahead, Jim. Oh, thanks. Just because there's no sign in the yard, lots of these bank-owned properties are not getting signs. I think the realtors got tired of buying all these signs. And uh, there's a lot. There's two or three houses on my street for sale. They're listed in the MLS, but there's no sign in the yard. So they, they're counting on that selling to an investor. And so keep keep checking your online sources, too, because the sign in the yard is not a guarantee of anything. Very, very true. We'll be back right after this. Hey, kids. Have you checked out Vina's website yet at realliferealestate.com? <laughs> I don't care that you're driving. Learn to multitask. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Guys, George could really use the exercise. He's actually got to get up and leave the room to answer the phone. And so, you know, I know you all are enjoying this emailing thing, but if you want to help George burn some calories, because to say we're a skeleton staff is really not true. But today. I'm big boned. Seven seven two nine six five eight or eight seven 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 two nine six five eight are the numbers to call. Askvina at gmail dot com is the uh, web. The email address or the web address is askvina.com. And uh, we're just taking any questions that you have today. Uh, I just got one from Ken uh, out in West Covina, California. He says, where do you recommend the new investor or landlord go to get copies of landlord-tenant laws for the city they're investing in? Is the landlord law for the city, county, or state only, or do all three have landlord-tenant laws? I'll tell you, Ken, there's a bazillion um, internet resources for these things. There's, there's sites that collect like all the laws from all the states. And then, of course, you can go to your state's website. Um, that's some fun reading. Go to, go to you know, Ohio.gov and reading that portion of the Ohio Revised Code that's uh, about tenant-landlord law. Um, it, it shouldn't be a problem to find that. In most places, it's just the state's law that governs, but then you find little strange things sometimes in a county or a city uh, that that add to that. Um, for instance, uh, I think everyone's familiar with uh, Cincinnati's law about lease options and that you can only collect one and a half times the monthly rent as the option fee, that sort of thing. That's a city law that uh, you got to be familiar with if you're going to be trying to lease option properties within the city of Cincinnati. Uh, really, I think probably the best place that I can send you or send anybody is always going to be the local real estate association. Uh, the folks there will will know some of the laws and know where to get all of them. So uh, that's where I would send you or anyone else who is looking for that sort of information. And, and, and yes, you know, learn those before you become a landlord because tenant landlord law isn't the only thing that governs what you're doing with your tenants. There's also housing law and there's lead disclosure laws and there's other kinds of disclosure laws in other places and now increasingly it's becoming the case that um, there are, are building code rules for rentals that that get to be different than they are like I'm allowed to live in my own house without a hardwired smoke detector in most of the country 
Uh, but in a lot of countries, if I have a, a rental property and I'm doing any kind of electrical work at all, I have to put in a hardwired smoke detector. So now you're getting into some other sorts of laws outside of, of basic tenant landlord law. And it's important to know all those things because they can grab you for a lot of money when they catch you doing it wrong. Uh, let's see. Robert in Hudson has another question. I heard from another investor that doing a mold inspection on an REO, then submitting the results to the bank will increase your leverage over the bank, effectively making you the only available buyer that the bank has to work with. Your comment, please. Hmm. hmm. Robert, that's a that's very interesting because, um, yeah, uh, I can't remember seeing an REO that didn't have mold in it in like five years. Yeah, and I've seen some lately that had a little sign in the window that says, this house has mold on an REO, and so they, they know it's got mold. And I'm not sure why, just because you've done the inspection, it means you're the only one the bank can sell to. If someone else comes in at a higher price and hasn't done their due diligence, they're going to buy a moldy house. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and it, you know, it, it, mold inspections aren't cheap. It's not like you're going to run around and, and do one for every REO you're making an offer on. Um and strangely enough, there is a um, an exemption in most states' laws regarding disclosure for lenders. So, like, if you came to my house, Robert, and you wanted to buy it, and you had a mold inspection done as part of that purchase process, and it turned out that there was mold, I would then have to disclose that to any future buyers, anyone who might make me an offer. Banks don't have to do that according to state law, even if they have actual knowledge like that, where you have provided them with a, an actual mold, you know, official inspection, they don't have to tell anybody else. So, no, I, I'm not sure what this person who gave you this advice was thinking of, but I don't think it was um, accurate advice. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. It is question and answer week and 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 are the numbers to call and we're getting down to the point now uh where i have nine percent battery life in my computer which means that in in a couple more minutes there isn't going to be any more asking at gmail.com and we're just going to sit here and stare at each other unless you pick up the phone and call 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 it is open mic day basically i mean you can ask any question that you have uh regarding real estate and we've got a question here from terrence in pittsburgh who was nice enough to send me a little virtual gift via the real life real estate radio.com site it's a it's like a little Steelers. they call it a terrible towel i think it was a virtual a virtual terrible towel yeah and and just terrence Remember where I'm from and remember what you guys did to our quarterback three years ago in the playoffs in like the first three minutes before the next time you send me something like that. Uh, he says, I'm a real estate agent in Pittsburgh and I've put a property under contract, a couple of properties under my contract in my entity name that were not assignable. In the midst of the negotiation, I found buyers and then asked the agents to change the name on the contract and they allowed me to do it that's interesting because those contracts really aren't assignable but he apparently he's been asking and they've just been that's interesting i've never heard that <laughs> <laughs> you have to ask right? right 
Uh, he says, my question is, though, am I putting my license in jeopardy by collecting my wholesaling fee from my buyers when I'm no longer a principal in the transaction? Boy, that's a... Okay, Terrence, I guess the strictly speaking legal que- the legal issue here is that you are not a principal in the transaction and you collected a fee, but the fact that your real estate agent actually makes that okay. If you weren't a real estate agent and you were not a principal in the transaction and you collected a fee, that would be illegal. So... Now, your broker may have an opinion on whether or not your broker is entitled to exactly. a share of that fee, according to standard broker... <laughs> Agent splits, uh, which he would not on a wholesale where you are a principal. So you haven't maybe broken the law, but your broker might want to be listening tonight. <laughs> yes, yeah, because because a, the reason a wholesaler who doesn't have a real estate license is allowed to make money is because they are selling a good. They are selling their interest in a contract. What you're saying is you no longer had the interest in the contract, and yet your buyer was still paying you. So really, that's called a commission and. If I were your broker, I might very well have a, a, you know an opinion about whether you owed me half of that. Um, Terrence has been rocking it in, in Pittsburgh. I, I saw him a couple of weeks ago at an event out in Las Vegas, and he has done like $22,000 worth of wholesale deals in like four months. Wow. I know. Go, Terrence. I know. He's doing good. So, uh, yeah, Terrence, I, but I, you know, I, would, I would actually you know, assign the contract from now on instead of doing what it is that you've been doing. Uh, real life real estate investing seven seven two nine six five eight or eight seven 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 two nine six five eight are the numbers to call. Uh, I am down to six percent battery life, so if you're sitting there sending me an email, just you know, be brave. Pick up the phone, call seven seven two nine six five eight or eight seven 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 two nine six five eight. Uh, got a question from Dave in Dallas. He says, "I want a killer presentation." to recruit private lenders. I do rehab retail and also landlording. What types of components should I incorporate to entice private lenders? Wow. Dave, did you just push a button here? Um, First thing that I'll tell you is first, you've got to go to somebody, to an attorney who understands securities laws in Texas. And you have to make sure that you are staying within whatever lines they have drawn in terms of how you're allowed to go out and advertise to private lenders. Um, in, in some cases, you have to do a filing with the state that can be more more simple or less simple depending on where you live. Just make sure all your ducks are in a row before you go out and spend a whole lot of time and energy and money uh, doing this killer presentation that you want to do. My experience, and and I'm going to open this to Jim, too, because I know he also uh, um, deals with private lenders, has been that people are kind of like they they want to do it or they don't. I mean, they're, they're, they're doing it because they love the idea of the 8% interest and the security and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, and I have never gone, gone way, way out um, in terms of trying to, I don't know, create something huge to impress a private lender. Now, I I will have to say that I have a little bit more years in the field than you probably do, David. And also, you know, people like, I don't know, they hear you on the radio and they think you must be good. Uh, they don't realize that, you know, George just had this hour to fill. He found me un- under, a, a, under an overpass one day and he was like, can you come and like talk about real estate? And I was like, okay, I really, you know, um, but 
if I were putting something like that together, uh, I would certainly have like before and after pictures of some of my rehabs uh, because people want to be proud of what they're putting their money in. They want to know that you do a good job, that you're not producing a, pro- a shoddy project with their money. I would also give them some financials on some of the properties. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily like lay out my tax returns or anything, but I'd, I'd, I'd have some examples where, you know, I bought this one for 40 and I put 15 in it and then I sold it for 100 uh, and some, you know, checks showing that and so on. Um, I'm telling you, though, Dave, um, I'm getting increasingly addicted to the idea of multimedia stuff like video. Like instead of just going and taking pictures of your properties, go walk through them once before they're finished. And then again, when they are finished, um, Jim and I just did a pre like a like a walk through like here's 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 what we're starting with the before <laughs> the, the before yes and uh, gonna do an after when Rotten the property's cabinets, finished stained floors yeah yeah and then you can put it up on the internet and you can you know email it to to folks and uh, all sorts of neat stuff like that because I think that uh, it is increasingly becoming the case that that people want to see the whole you know multimedia thing. I would also be able to show them that if you're doing landlording, that you've got standard leases and standard processes for tenant evaluation and tenant selection and how you handle that part of the business because that's where the revenues are going to come in after the house is renovated and rented. Uh, So giving them the confidence that you know how to do that part of the business. Uh, You want to give them a, a capability presentation on yourself. What they're really buying into while they're putting their money into this investment they're investing it in you and you giving them the confidence that you can get this done you've done it before you can do it again you know what you're doing you've got the resources and the capabilities uh, is is really the key thing because you know in this market inexpensive houses are everywhere uh, lots of people say they can do it it's the ones that can pull it off yeah that's where you want to be able to present that yeah, and and I think I think most private lenders are smart enough to know that although there is <clears throat> safety in the value of the property versus what they are lending in it uh, on it, I mean that they realize that if they're putting forty thousand dollars into a house that's worth a hundred fixed up and needs fifteen in work, that that's a safe loan. I think most people are also smart enough to know that half of the of the security, honestly, is is the borrower able to pay them and do they intend to pay them and that's uh you know that's where that's where you and your your killer presentation come in so thank you very much for your email dave you're listening to real life real estate investing seven seven two nine six five eight or eight seven 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 two nine six five eight are the numbers to call for question and answer week It's Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Jim Shapiro, property manager, rehabber, gosh, vice president of Cincinnati RIA again. Can't get enough of that, can ya? Actually, this is my first time as vice president. Oh, that's right. You were secretary before, I was secretary for a few years, yeah. That's right. And how many times have you been vice president before? Never. You've been president before. Yeah, this is my first round as vice president <laughs> and last. Um, so it's question and answer week. And, well, I didn't realize there was this responsibility attached to it. I thought vice president meant like you don't do anything. Seven seven two nine six five eight or eight seven 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 two nine six five eight. Don't bother to send us an email. Computer just died. 
computer battery didn't, didn't last out the hour. Uh, we did. I did manage to write down one question that had come in prior to that time. But Dorn, if you're listening, I didn't write your question down, so you're going to have to call. It's a toll-free number, Dorn, eight seven 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 two nine six five eight. Toll free. You don't have to pay anything to pick up the phone and call. Uh, let's see. But I got a question from Craig in Linfield, Massachusetts, about how to download shows onto his MP3 player. I don't know about the whole MP3 player thing, Craig. I don't understand that part of it. But uh, you can go to realliferealestateradio.com and there's a hundred and something shows that you can download. I don't know if that means you can do it onto your MP3 player or whether you have to burn it to a CD because I'm just not that technologically sophisticated. I think you can download it to your computer and then just copy it to your MP3 player just like it's a disk drive. See, that's why I have smart boys around so I don't have to know that kind of stuff. So appreciate your uh, email, Craig. Uh, and now we're down to waiting for calls, 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. And we will just sit here and twiddle our thumbs until the phone rings. How about that? Are we allowed to do that, George? Can we just have like dead air for... Two minutes until the phone rings. You could be twiddle D and I'll be twiddle dumb. Oh yeah, you will. Yeah. <laughs> seven, seven, I wasn't. I was gonna. Yeah, I was gonna make our guest <laughs> twiddle dumb. So I, thank you. Appreciate that, George. Seven seven two nine six five eight or eight seven 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 two nine six five eight. I'll be the Pied Piper of Hamlin. <laughs> uh, any question that you have today about real estate investing, and actually, you better call quick because we've only really got about seven minutes left in the show oh. anyway. Well, we're. Waiting with no questions and Venus. Oh, I'm sure we've got tons of questions. They're just all in the dead computer. Uh, I'll talk about a a landlording issue that's facing all of us uh, in Cincinnati and Ohio and across the country. And that's increased government involvement in regulations and rules and and legislation regarding real estate, Uh, especially with the, the housing crisis that we're all seeing regarding the mortgage crisis. Uh, there's a lot of legislators who think, oh, I'm going to come up with something and pass some new- Oh, we just got a call come in. Oh, it's Doran. I knew he was listening. He sent me an email. I just didn't have time to so, write it down. So as you're uh, involved with your local community, where, wherever it may be, uh, our, our Ohio Real Estate Investor Association, which is the umbrella over all of the local areas in Cincinnati and Ohio, has a lobbyist and a political action committee and a political group and it's very expensive for our organization. It's the biggest. It's about half of our annual budget for that organization. And it's a nonprofit. And That's... It's, it's a nonprofit. And yet, we're we had over eighty or ninety articles of legislation this past year that affected our industry. And with the new uh, Senate and Congress in the state, we're expecting that to double next year. And we're going to see more home inspections, landlord inspections, property rules. There's one that where they want the landlord to be responsible for telling this community the names and employers of their tenants. Like, that's and our take job. pictures. I saw uh, the, right. The, the, they even wanted us to take pictures of our tenants so they can make sure that the tenants weren't sending their, their kids to the wrong school, so that they're sure the tenant is paying taxes in the city they're living in. And these things become... An interesting set of responsibilities for the landlord that not only am I supposed to screen my tenant that they're responsible, but I need to be 
and forming the government, who's living in my property? Well, they're, they're very burdensome. I mean, no, nobody goes to you know Kroger and says you have to take a picture of every customer who walks through your door and make sure that they're whatever. <clears throat> Um, and, and, and yet, you know, folks say, oh, it's okay to do that to landlords because why? I, I, right. <laughs> why? I don't understand. How are we different than other small businesses? Why do, so, why do we get to police our tenants? So as these issues are coming up, it's going to be increasingly important to support your local real estate organizations, your uh, lobbying groups, the, the pro-tenant or, the pro, you know, tenant landlord organizations that are uh, concerned about these issues. Uh, it's It's going to become a a major issue. Some of the the rules that we've been successful in Ohio are saving thousands of dollars for every property owner on, on how certain you know taxes are being levied. Uh, there's one about making the tenants responsible for paying their water bill, so the landlord doesn't take over the water bill when the tenant walks away with eight months of unpaid water, which the water company won't turn off because they know that the landlord has to pay right. it. Because if, if, if we don't pay it, they attach it to our personal water bill, and then they do turn our personal water off. Funny yeah. how that works. <laughs> so there's an issue that's growing in importance, and we're going to see a lot of it in the next year or two. And so. it's not just it's not just a you know it's not just an Ohio issue. We were just down in Covington, Kentucky, a few weeks ago. Uh, they're trying to pass a, a a law that is basically going to require all of their 1890s vintage properties to be brought up to. 2009 standards, right. uh, which I mean, you, that sounds like a great idea. I mean, would that be awesome if all of our properties were brought up to 2009 standards? The problem is, it's impossible, and it's and, and, and even if it, even if it is not strictly speaking impossible, it's economically impossible. So, you know, just don't don't think that because you're not in Ohio, you don't have to worry about this. Let's go ahead and go to the phones and talk to Dorn on line one, since I did in fact beg him to call. Dorn, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Hello, long-time listener, first-time caller, because I generally email. Yeah, you do. My question was this. As you know, I'm over in Indiana. We have a lot of people, especially in the RIA, that are scared to death to do anything because they don't know how they're going to move any houses. So my question to you is this. You get a wholesale deal. You rehab it. You now have a house ready for retail sale. What, in your estimation, in this market is the best exit strategy? Well, um, I you know... That, that obviously is going to vary from person to person, depending on their goals and how they financed it in and if they're going to be able to refinance it and all that stuff. But all the rest of that aside, um, I think you got to say that the highest demand strategy out there right now for, for a house in a decent owner-occupied type area, it's really got to be the lease option. I mean, it's really, okay. really, really got to be... Let's collect some rent on it for the next couple of years. Wait till the financing market relaxes a little bit, uh, and that our uh, uh, values have gone up some, and then sell it to that tenant. It also gives you time. Obviously, there are a lot of variables, but I I have some people over here that somewhat value my opinion. They highly value your opinion, so I've been telling them this, and I was hoping if you reiterated that, maybe they'd start listening. Okay, did I agree with you? Absolutely. That's Darn. the only way we've found to move anything right now, and except in a very, very specific area of town where stuff is still moving, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. I tell people to put a sign in front of their house that says, for sale, rent, or rent to own, and take the first That's qualified applicant. Mm-hmm. So you don't, and nobody self-selects out of Calling you. Yeah, right. yeah, and we've actually we've actually got a policy now that if you're going to lease option from us, your rent's going to be lower than if you want to rent. 
Oh. Now your front payment's going to be higher. Give an incentive to cash out. Uh, more of an incentive to give me the big chunk of money up front. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> house that in rock, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, a house that a house that is up for rent for nine ninety five a month, we might lease option for nine twenty five a month, but we're going to be asking three thousand up front as sort of the tenant's commitment that they're actually going to buy it after you know having paid seventy five a month less rent. And then anything over the nine twenty five that they agree to pay as regular rent, we match dollar for dollar. Yeah. So if they want to go ahead and pay the the nine fifty or what if 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 we said the rent's nine twenty five and they want to pay nine fifty, we'll give them fifty dollars a month off the price of the house. So yeah, okay. it's a it's a it's a time to be creative about selling, but you know, you can buy these properties so cheap that that frankly a lot of these we look at and we say if it rents forever, that's fine. It's making three hundred dollars a month. Let it rent forever. Who cares? Cash flow. Exactly. Absolutely. Okay, well thanks for taking my call. I appreciate Thank you, Darn. Appreciate your call, Darn. Hi, Jim. How you doing? I'm oh, good. <laughs> All right, call, 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 you, you guys call each other later. Bye bye. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, we got just just about a minute left, so I want to thank all of our listeners and especially those who uh, called in today. Also, thank my guest Jim Shapiro and remind everybody when you're eating your bacon in the morning, think about real life real estate. And if you haven't joined our fan page at realliferealestateradio.com. Do that right now, realliferealestateradio.com. We will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing.